last week we started a series of messages called Rest Stops. And talking about those times that it's so important in our lives that we find rest. And we're not just talking about the times that you, you sit down in your recliner on a Sunday afternoon or when you go on a vacation or when you, you take a break from what you're doing. Although all of those things are important. When we talk about this idea of rest stops, we're talking about rest for our souls. We're talking about how do we find peace? How do we find value and, and purpose in our lives? How do we find that rest? And we talked about how, how Jesus uses this word. He talks to us about rest. And that word that he uses is really the same root word from which we get the idea of, of the word pause. That there's times when for our souls, we need to kind of push the pause button. We need to find that rest. We need to find that peace. We need to find that strength in him. And we kind of came down to this one overriding principle. This is where we landed. And it's good for us to be reminded of that when life speeds up, we need to take time to slow down and find rest. When life speeds up, take time, slow down, and find rest. Jesus said he'll help us to do that and find rest for our souls. And this is critically important because our lives are things that speed up quickly, aren't they? Sometimes it's hard for us to slow down. Sometimes it's hard for us to find rest. Here's just a couple of stories out of the headlines that might help to highlight this for you. Turn your attention to the screens. I don't know if anybody saw this. There was a family in New Jersey that looked out into their backyard and there were six bears in their swimming pool. Did anybody see this? I mean, literally, it's a mama bear, five cubs. You can hear the, the, the little, little girl on the video going, they broke my floaty. And... Mama Bear's like, I'll have none of this raft. It's just kind of, um, I, I don't know. If that happened to me, I barely know what I would do. And um, yeah, you got that? And then, here's the other story that was in the news this week. Did you see this? Toledo, Ohio. The giant red ball on the loose in downtown Toledo. And uh, kind of a crazy thing. Now watch this again. Watch when the ball gets loose. If you look down, there's this silver car. It has the door open. Ball's coming, door's open, and no, uh-uh. <laughs> nope, I'm not helping. I'm out of here. Craziness. I have a friend who lives in Massachusetts, and he sent me a text message with a picture of that and said, I'm thinking of you. Um, and when I saw it, I thought of some of you. Because you know what it's like when your life feels like it's out of control, right? You know what it's like to look out and go, how, how did those bears get in my swimming pool? <laughs> how did this happen? I didn't see this coming. This mess, this chaos, I need some rest. And so Jesus said, here's how you find it. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. This is where we started last week. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's a great promise, isn't it? And so we talked last week about two truths for finding rest. If we're going to find rest, how do we find it? Number one, that life requires times of rest. And we don't need to land there again. We, just, we honestly looked at the fact that sometimes we're weary. Sometimes we're burdened. Sometimes we just need God to bring us rest. And the second truth that we saw was this. Number two, that Jesus is the source of true rest. He's the one that it comes from. He's the one that we look to. Jesus is the source of true rest. And we came down to this conclusion. His words are so powerful because no matter where else we look, no matter where else we think we can find it, the bottom line comes down to these three words. He says to us, come to me. You can look all kinds of other places, but you'll never find rest unless you come to Jesus. 
So that brings us to the question that we have to ask, how do we find that? Where do we get this rest? What does it look like if we're truly going to experience this rest in our lives? And Jesus gives us that, that, that truth. He tells us how we're going to find it. And so in verse 29, he says this to us. He promises rest, and then he says this, Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, next week, unless the Lord changes things, we're going to talk about this idea of where he says, and learn from me, and what that's all about. But for the next few minutes, I just want to focus in on what he says to us. He says, we will find rest for our souls if we will. And these are the words that he uses. He says, take my yoke upon you. Now, we live in the 21st century in a largely kind of urban, modern, civilized context, but we don't understand a whole lot about first century, the reality of living in that kind of agricultural context. And so when we think of the word yoke, we usually think of breakfast, right? We think of an egg. It's not at all what Jesus is talking about. And if we understand this idea of what he means when he says, take my yoke upon you, it's going to help us to understand how we can take him up on this offer of rest that he gives to us. And so, so take a look at this. This picture will probably help you out. This is not, um, this is not any of your family. These, these are two oxen here. And what you see is this wood beam that goes between them, kind of connects them. That's what's called a yoke. And that yoke would be used by the farmer so that those two oxen would then be in a place where they could work together. They were connected to each other. And it was amazing what would happen. They would take this wood beam, put it between the two oxen. It would be carefully crafted, sometimes even precisely fitted to the unique animal, so that it would not rub in the wrong way. It would not be painful for them. It would fit in a way that they could use that. And what it would do is what one could do by themselves if the two were working together together, if they were connected, if they were going in the same direction, and if they were pulling in tandem, what one could do, two could do exponentially more, because two are better than... Right, And so there's this principle that you see in that, that with that yoke, those two oxen could move together. Now with that picture, Jesus says this, you need rest? Then take my yoke upon you. And what he means is this, He says, I want you to be connected to me. I want you to come alongside of me. To take Jesus' yoke is to connect yourself to him, to follow him. That's the phrase that we use so often when when we quote Jesus from the New Testament. What does he say he wants us to do? He wants us to follow him. And so if you are gonna take his yoke, in very simple terms, it means you you come alongside of him, that you live your life with him. That you choose to follow Jesus. Now sometimes you'll hear this term yoke used in a negative format. And in fact sometimes it's even in the Old Testament. You'll hear them talk about the fact that it's a negative thing. That Israel found themselves in the yoke of slavery. That they had been connected to and almost confined in a certain way. But Jesus isn't using it in a negative sense. In fact he's using it in a very positive sense. And he's saying look if you will come alongside. If you will join with me. Then there's something wonderful that will happen. And this is kind of contradictory. Because oftentimes when we talk about rest. We think that rest means that we end something, that we stop something, that we cease. He's not talking about stopping anything. He's talking more about coming alongside of him and then as a result that you work together, that you do it right. Resting is not stopping what you are doing. It's starting to live life with Jesus. Not just doing it on your own. See, oftentimes if I think of rest, I think I'm going to sit down and put my feet up. 
Jesus says, that's not where you find rest in the midst of the things that burden you or make you weary. Where you find rest, where you find peace, where you find favor, where you find purpose and value, you find that when you come alongside of me, when you join me, when you follow me, that's where you find rest for your souls. That's where you find effectiveness. And really, this this is a principle all throughout Scripture. Listen to what Jesus said. John chapter 15, verse 5. He said, I am the vine... You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, if you're with me, then you will be able to do, you will be able to live exponentially more than if you were doing this without me. Take my yoke upon you. So he takes not a negative approach to this term, but a very positive one and says, look, it's better for you. Life will be better for you if you will come alongside of me, if you will join me. Take my yoke upon you and follow me. Now, he didn't say he's going to take all of our problems away. We'd like to think that sometimes, right? He doesn't say you won't get weary. He doesn't say there won't be burdens. But here's what he says. Jesus did not say we would not be weary. He did say we wouldn't have to work alone. And that's good, isn't it? Thank you. Um, (laughs) He said we wouldn't have to do it alone. Now that puts us then in a place where we have to understand how do we find rest. He says if you're going to find rest, take my yoke upon you. He says live life with me. So life with Jesus is life with rest. That's the principle that I want you to grasp today. If you're looking for that rest, understand this, that life with Jesus is life with rest. So this is the question before we jump into kind of understanding a little bit more what this idea of of to be yoked with Jesus means. Here's the question I have to ask you, because here's the deal. If if you and I were just talking one-on-one, and you were going to be honest with me, I'd be surprised if there's anybody in this room who wouldn't say, you know, yeah, I'm kind of weary. Or yeah, I've got, this, I've got this burden. I've got this responsibility. I've got this opportunity. I've got this thing that's there. If we're truly honest, there's some place in our lives where we say, this is the struggle, or this is the thing, or this is how I'm moving forward. And so the question to consider is this, are you struggling because of what you carry or because of how you carry it? It's not so much what you're dealing with. But maybe it's how you're approaching it, how you're trying to carry it. Maybe it's because you're trying to do it on your own instead of being connected to, following, walking alongside of, pooling with that idea of taking Jesus' yoke upon you. So let's talk about it in this way. To be yoked with Jesus is to live life with Jesus. And if life with Jesus is life with rest, then what do we know about it? Let me give you four things real quick. Number one is this. Number one, life with Jesus gives me direction. Life with Jesus gives me direction. See, when you're connected to him, then you're going in the same way. You're heading in the same direction. You know where you're headed. You know what direction you're going in. And that's the beauty of being connected to or being yoked with Jesus. Life with Jesus gives me direction. Here's actually what they would do. Oftentimes, what a farmer would do with that yoke is he would take an older, maybe a more mature ox, one that would know how the, the work was done, and he would put a younger yo- ox, a younger yox, you try saying it, a younger ox, y- younger yox yoked 
together in the, in the other slot, right? And he would do that. And here's why. Because the younger one would learn from the older one, would follow that older one. He would teach him. He would guide him in the way that it could be done in the best way. The one who knew what to do would give the other one direction and would guide them. And that's a beautiful thing. Now, I'm going I'm to guess for, for most of you if, you, if you come to Calvary on a regular basis, then 10 o'clock is probably the service that you typically come to. So then there's a good chance that you weren't here for our 1130 service last Sunday morning, and you missed all the fun. Last Sunday, 1130 service, if you were here, you know Matt Hammett was with us, and Matt was just about to sing a song at the offering. He and I were standing on the platform. He was just about to sing, and all of a sudden, the strobe lights go off, and the fire alarm starts sounding. Right in the middle of service. Which I didn't like the song anyway, so that was, I mean, no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's one of my favorite songs. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, so they're gone. And you got to make a decision. You're like, okay, is this just a false alarm? Did one of your little brats pull the thing? I mean, we're like, we're, you're, that runs through your mind, right? Right? Isn't it what goes through your mind? Tell me you wouldn't have thought that. So you're like, okay, what do you do? But then you think it's not stopping. It's like going off and, and, and you got to decide. Do, do we false alarm or do we get out? And be, you got to get out. So we left and we evacuated the building and the alarm's going off and, and people are running all over the place and, and, our sta- and our staff, just to be honest, was awesome. Pastor Keith and his team, our maintenance team, volunteers, um, just, just were, were all over and checking things out. And there's a little panel that you can go to that tells you why the alarm is going off. And sometimes what we get is like a buzz. Sometimes you kind of get this, and it's annoying. But what it tells you is that there's trouble somewhere, like one of the backup batteries has gone out or there's a, there's a malfunction with something and that you can kind of just go and reset sometimes you get the buzz sometimes you get this blurt and that's when the light right you know and that's what we got so we responded to that and they went and they looked at the screen and it had the word fire on it yeah that's what we said too right so they're scrambling and it tells you exactly where to go so pastor keith and folks they're running they're trying to figure it out and they get to where it says the fire is there's no smoke there's no fire we don't know what's going on so people have, they're gone outside and, and they're like, man, we're, we're missing out on some of the sermon. This is awesome. You know, they're thinking that, they're thinking that and, uh, and all that's going on. So what happens is we've got this great relationship with the city of Maumee and, and the services here. And so the, the, the police officer that was here made a call to the fire department and says, look, we're not seeing any smoke. We're not seeing any, any flames or anything, but we, we need some, some help to figure out what's going on here. And so what happened was the chief came. And so Brandon Lobachevsky's the fire chief. He's been a great friend to us uh, ever since really we made the move here. And he came and walked through the building, knew where to go, knew what to do. He knew how to silence the alarm and kind of that chaos stop he knew where to go and see what the issue was and to, and to kind of figure it out and it was it was awesome what he did for us and and he helped us out and then we were able to come back in and reluctantly they had to listen to about half a sermon and that was uh, that was our day now understand this in the midst of that chaos when the chief showed up he brought some peace in the midst of all the questions that we had we didn't know what was going on he was able to figure it out. And there's this, this, this component to the fire alarm system that's in the mechanical systems up on the roof. And he was able to go and he goes, oh, you know what? That's gone bad. And you had a malfunction in your system. And so here's what you got to do to move forward. And he was able to give us the direction we needed to get out of the chaos, fix the problem, and go on from there. Do you see where I'm going with that? Because here's the deal. If you're yoked to the chief then you'll have the direction that you need. Here's what scripture tells us. Proverbs chapter three, verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. I'm going to read that again because you probably have it on a bookmark in your Bible or on the wall of your house if you've been around the church long enough, right? We're familiar with it. We just don't pay attention to it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Psalm 37, 23, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. This is huge for some of you because you're looking for direction. You woke up this morning and you had bears swimming in the swimming pool of your mind. And you're trying to figure out, what do I do? And where do I go? And see, the problem with your marriage is not your spouse. It's that you haven't asked Jesus what kind of spouse you're supposed to be. The problem for some of us is not our job. It's that we've chosen to do it without Jesus. And we wrestle with our faith, and we're challenged with our finances, and we struggle with temptation, and we have issues with our family or at school or those different places. And sometimes... Where it really begins is the fact that I've never really said, Jesus, will you give me direction in this? Will you help me with this? But if you'll yoke yourself to the chief, it makes all the difference, doesn't it? But for many of us, we say, hey, I'm a follower of Christ. And yet we keep trying to go in our own direction. And if Jesus is the Lord of our life, we cannot expect to move forward apart from him. In fact, what did he say in John 15? He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so if Jesus is truly the Lord of our lives, then we can't even expect to move forward unless we do it with him. First thing I want you to see about life with Jesus today, number one, life with Jesus gives me direction. Number two, life with Jesus gives me strength. Life with Jesus gives me strength. Because what two can do is more than what one can do alone. And the idea of this yoke is powerful because if I'm trying to pull it on my own, I'm going to struggle and I'm going to have challenges. But if I will yoke myself to Jesus, then the effectiveness of that strength will be exponentially more than what it would be without him. Have you ever, do you ever, anybody remember the, the childhood game Red Rover? Do you remember that game? Playing that in the playground, like I can clearly picture in my mind. I can, I can remember standing out there, and you're standing in the field, Southington Elementary School. You're holding hands. You're out there. I don't know why. And by the way, we don't hold hands in church that much anymore. Amen. Okay. All right. And um, I remember standing by Rhonda in church in high school, and they made us hold hands. That was cool. Any other time, it's just it's just kind of weird, right? Um, sorry, Lord, I wasn't thinking about you then. Okay. So here's. Um, so you stand out there and then you kind of swing your arms, right? I don't know why you do that. And then if you don't know the rules of the game or like if you didn't have a childhood, you like swing your arm and you go, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Bob right over. You know, you call somebody over and then they come trucking. Everybody's holding hands. And what you try to do is you try to keep them from breaking through the line. So you don't call the big guy over right away, right? kind of smart and you're strategic and you're you're holding hands and if you hold hands tight enough and they can't break through the line then you get to keep that person on your team if they break through the line then they get to take somebody back with them it's kind of how the whole game works and then the first team that kind of gets everybody on their side wins the game do you remember the game okay but you're stronger if you were just trying to stop them by yourself that's one thing you're stronger when you do it together when you have someone to hold on to when you have a strength that you can depend on. And spiritually, what Jesus is saying is when the, the red rover of life 
throws things your way. And when you're weary and when you're burdened, you'll be stronger if you're holding on to me. You'll be stronger if you take my yoke upon you and you come alongside of me. Then you'll have the strength for the weariness and the burden that you face. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And for some of you, th- this would be a great verse to maybe even memorize. Because for some of you, it probably should be the first thing out of your mouth in the morning and the last thing in your mind before you go to bed. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Psalm 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Only once in a while does he let the righteous be shaken. Is that what he says? By the way, if I ever say anything that's like not biblical, you're welcome to kind of be like, ah, okay, just, just for the record. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. See, in Christ, we find replenishing strength for the burdens we carry. When we come to him, when we take his yoke upon us, it's a game changer. Which, which kind of leads me to, kind of piggybacks on this, this next thing that I want you to see about being yoked with Jesus, taking his yoke upon us. Number one, life with Jesus gives me direction. Number two, life with Jesus gives me strength. Number three, and I wrestled with the right word to use here, but number three, life with Jesus gives me confidence. Life with Jesus gives me confidence. And, and let, me, let me tell you what I, what I mean by that. I mean that as you go through life, life will throw these things your way that sometimes you're not sure how you can handle it. And it's one thing to say, you know, when the red rovers of life come, I'm, I'm going to find strength in Jesus. But for some of you, there may be a point at which you're saying, yeah, that's cool, but I just don't think I can make this. I don't think I'm going to get through this. I don't think God knows who I am or knows what's going on here. I'm not so sure he can help me. I'm not so sure this is going to work out. I want you to hear what Jesus said about this yoke. Here's what he said. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and are burdened, and I will give you strength. Jesus, where am I going to find this strength? He says, let me tell you. If you take my yoke upon you, then you will find rest for your souls. Because, he says, and look at this, Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now when he uses those phrases, we often think about it in the context of 2015. And if he says it's easy and it's light, then it means that it's no work and that I don't have to worry about it at all. Isn't that kind of how we think about it? If we buy something in the grocery store and it says it's light, it means it doesn't have the stuff that we worry about in it. If it's easy, it means I don't have to do it. But what Jesus is talking about here, put it back in the context of the yoke that goes on this animal. And it's designed in such a way so that it's not burdensome. It's actually designed in a way that it will, will almost be comfortable. It's designed in such a way, sometimes even customized so, so that as the animal pulls it, it's not bringing pain, it's not bringing discomfort. In fact, it's just the opposite. It actually brings relief because the work is so much easier if you're in that place. It makes the load easier to carry. It actually makes the burden that is tremendous feel light. And so you find confidence to know That if you're yoked with Jesus, no matter how big that thing looks, and I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying the diagnosis wasn't scary. I'm not saying the relationship isn't a mess. 
I'm not saying that in the natural, you're not so sure that you can handle that responsibility or that opportunity or that tragedy. I'm just saying that Jesus says this, if you'll connect yourself to me, I'll take that. And because you're with me, you can go through this because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I know that this is tremendously simple. I know that this is incredibly basic And that for the next few moments, it's going to sound a little bit more like a a cheerleading session or a self-help seminar. But when I was, when I was putting these words in my notes, I felt this like little quiver in my liver that, that that just, it's just like this, somebody needs to hear this word today. That the burden of today is not more than you can handle. And I don't know what it is that you face. But I just know this, that whatever it is that you're pulling or pushing against, Jesus says to you, if you'll do it with me, you can do it with confidence because my yoke is easy and my burden, it's light. Because I'm with you in this. And I'm not going to cause you to have to carry something that I didn't design you to carry, that I didn't equip you to do this, and that I, that I, I, I didn't call you to do this by yourself. See, the thing is this, the burden of today is not more than you can handle. And be encouraged by this, you can make it through what you're going through. Now, I don't know what you're going through. But Jesus said he would go through it with you. If you will yoke yourself, if you will live life with him. And his promise is this, you can find rest even in the midst of the storms of your life. Because you can make it through what you're going through. Here's, here's a cool example of this. Luke chapter 8, there's a, there's a story. In fact, Matthew and Mark both tell it. But in Luke chapter 8, you can read about it, where Jesus and the disciples, they get in their boat, and they're going across the, the sea that's there from one, from one city to another. And as they get out in the middle of the lake, there comes this, the, the, the text calls it a squall. It's this quick storm that blows in. And it got so bad that the boys in the boat with Jesus were pretty sure they were going to see the Lord while they were in the boat with the Lord. Does that make sense? They were like, it's all over. This is it. You know where Jesus was, the Bible tells us? He's in the back of the boat, taking a nap. The phrase is, he was sleeping on a cushion. He wasn't just like resting his eyes. Dude was out, right? In the middle of a storm. How do you do that? You can make it through the storms of life like that when you know this, when your confidence is in the fact that whatever I'm going through, Jesus is going to go through it with me. I can find rest and peace if I know. And I'm not saying it's not a storm. I just know that I'm, I'm yoked to the one who can speak words of peace to the storm. I'm connected to the one who controls the storm. And you can find rest in the midst of life's storms when you find life with Jesus. You can find rest even in the midst of life's storms. Because the wind will blow. And the rain will fall. Do you see where the analogy is going? It's going to happen. But you can find rest even in the midst of that when you find life with Jesus. So understand this. For these last few moments and these three points that we've talked about, I wanted you to have an opportunity to take a passage of Scripture that you probably knew and and hopefully understand it a little bit better. I hope you understand a little bit better this idea of what Jesus means when he says, take my yoke upon you. 
It means literally that whatever it is that you're going through in this moment that might cause you to be weary or burdened, in that sense, don't don't look for rest or strength or effectiveness or peace in yourself. Come alongside of Jesus. Join him in that. And I wanted you to be encouraged because he says he will give you direction in that. So when the, when the black bears are swimming in the swimming pool of your mind, you can find that peace. And for some of you, when we talked about the fact that life with Jesus will give you strength, you were like, amen, because you've got red balls of chaos rolling down the streets of your life. Right? Do you know what I'm talking about? And for some of you, you, you may have walked in here today. And in the back of your mind, you've thought, I'm not so sure I'm going to get through what I'm going through. In fact, I, 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 I met a young lady right after service. And, and she said, that, that is me. <laughs> and walked through that. And for some of you, you're saying, that is me. And for these last three points of this sermon, I've wanted you to be encouraged. For the fourth one, I want you to be challenged. Jesus tells us that if we are yoked with him, if we will do life with him, we'll find direction. We're going to find strength. We can find a confidence. But it all kind of comes down to number four. Number four, life with Jesus is a commitment. Life with Jesus is a commitment. Because I don't know if you've thought this through in your mind or if you saw this in the picture. But when that, that oxen gets in there, it's kind of in there, isn't it? It's kind of strapped in. And see, for some of us, when we think about this, when we talk about this, we're like, man, I hear those first three things. And I'm like, I like that, Jesus. <laughs> this is awesome. Because I, I need some direction in my life. And I need some strength. And I'm lacking a little bit of confidence. So Jesus, if you say you can bring that, then I am coming right up alongside of you. And I'm going to put my hands right up here on this yoke. And when you push and pull, I will push and pull with you. But there's some things over here I still got to take care of. So from time to time, I'm going to go over here. Because I'm, I'm still going to do what I want to do. But when I've got, especially when, especially when it's, it's tough stuff, I'm going to come back over here. And I'm, I'm going to push and pull with you, Jesus. Is that okay? And he says, that's cool. But it doesn't work that way. I know you think it does. But if you're going to take my yoke upon you, you've, you've pretty much put yourself in a place of commitment, haven't you? Now, for some of us, when I talk about that, that makes you feel a little uncomfortable. She said, look, I want all the good stuff. I'm just not so sure. You're looking for, I'm not so sure I want to be all in. And you're looking for, I don't, maybe there's no better way to say it. You're looking for your life, for your purpose, for your value. You're looking for strength. You're looking for peace. The word Jesus uses, you're looking for rest. How am I going to find this life? Matthew Chapter 10, verse 39. Jesus says, whoever finds their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Look, the only way you're going to know that direction and that strength and that confidence is, is if you make that commitment. And you say, look, I'm all in. And Jesus, I commit my life 
to live life alongside of you. See, as we'll see next week, it's not so much doing things my own way. It's being willing to say, Jesus, I will lay down what I want. I will not search for my life. I will give up my life. I will take on your life. And he says, awesome, because that's the only way you're going to find life. It's only when you lose it that you find it. It's only when you fully commit to me that you will receive that peace and that strength and that rest you're looking for. And did you notice what he says here? He does not say, you're looking for rest? Then come over here and let me slap this yoke on you. Did you hear how he said it? It's up to you. You you can have it if you want it. He says, if you'll take my yoke upon you. See, Jesus does not force his yoke on us. We must decide to follow. He doesn't force it on us. We have to decide to follow. But some of you, when I talk about this, when I talk about kind of taking his yoke upon you, you get almost a little spiritually claustrophobic. Because <laughs> you're like, well, there's, I like it a whole lot better. Jesus, if I can walk with you, but I don't really want to be with you, if you know what I mean. Because <laughs> I, I need some elbow room. You ever seen any of those movies where people are buried alive? Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever seen anything like that? And like I remember watching this movie this one time where this guy's like crawling through a tunnel and like the further he gets through the tunnel, the smaller and the tighter it gets around him. And I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching this and the, the tighter it gets for him, the tighter I find myself getting. Do you know what I mean? Do you, have you seen those movies? How many of you like those? I hate them. All right, some of you are like, I can see you. You're in your seat literally doing this, just thinking about it. And for some of you spiritually, when we talk about that kind of commitment, you're like, well, I'm just, I'm not so sure. Does that mean I'm going to have to change this in my life? Does this mean I'm going to have to change that in my life? Does this mean I have to commit in, in this way or in that way? And Jesus says, I don't say this because I'm mean. I don't say it because I'm a control freak. I say this to you because I want you to find life. And I say this today because I know that that's exactly where some of you are struggling Because see, the issue with your marriage is not so much in the sense that that there's all these issues, these problems. It's the fact that you're just trying to do it on your own. You're trying to push and pull through this thing by yourself instead of saying, Jesus, we'll do this your way. See, the reason you're so frustrated with your finances or with how, how life seems to be going for you is because in so many ways, you're trying to push or pull on this thing by yourself instead of letting him be the one that gives you direction. Because you're just like, I just don't know that I can sell out to that. You keep taking your cares back instead of casting them on him. And your commitment isn't full-hearted to him. That's why you're struggling in this way. I remember the very first time that I used a a self-propelled lawnmower. Do you know what those are? Like I had used a Chad-propelled lawnmower a lot. But I'd never used one of those self-propelled lawnmowers. And, you know, the wheels turn and it actually kind of pulls the mower along for you. So you just kind of have to guide it. It's a really cool thing. Well, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And I remember I came up on this, wasn't mine, and I was using this mower. And I was like, all right, that's cool. It looks kind of the same. So, you know, you pull it and you pull a little handle back. And it's the, you know, the spinners on the bottom, I think, what do they call them, blades, you know, are going. And, uh, and I started mowing. 
but I'm pushing this thing and it's giving me all kinds of resistance and it's giving me all kinds of challenge. And I'm like, this lawnmower is stupid. This is a piece of junk, you know, and I'm pushing this thing because it's not moving because it's not designed for me to be pushing it like that. And all of a sudden I saw this other little like bar trigger thing up here and I'm like, man, I wonder what that does. And I reach up and I pull that and it just takes off on me, right? Why? Because there was something inside of it that would pull, that would give that strength. I just had to be willing to pull the trigger on that so that that would move forward. And for some of you, the biggest challenge in your life is not not what you're facing. It's the fact that you won't allow yourself to face it with Jesus. And to fully say, Jesus, I commit myself to you. And you've been with clenched fists holding on to something so much. And you said, Jesus, you can have my problems, but I'm holding on to this. Or Jesus, you can have this part of my life. I'll give you every Sunday morning, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little white knuckled about holding on to this one. And he says, at some point, it comes down to more than just, I'm there when you need me. At some point, it comes down to, will we do life together? Because life with Jesus is where you'll find rest more than any other place. You've just got to be willing to put yourself in that place. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? Because I believe that for some of you right now, the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart about the bears in your swimming pool or the red ball rolling down your street or the fact that you've been trying to push that mower all by yourself. And no matter what the analogy is, you just know, God, I need your rest. So in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And when I pray, it's a good chance I might pray for you. And so I'm just going to ask you to do this. Um, If you'd say, God, there's no doubt that today what I need from you is life with Jesus that gives me direction. I need direction from you. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? You, you, you know what's going on in your life. You'd say, God, I need direction. If that's you, just raise your hand. You put it right back down. Just a chance for you to say, when this prayer happens, I'm, 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 I'm praying this. I need direction. And some of you would say, I need strength. I need to cast my cares on you, and I need strength to get through this season. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Lord, I need your strength of being connected with Jesus. For some of you, it's that confidence because you're not so sure that you're going to get through what you're going through. And you needed to hear that today. And so today you would say, Jesus, I need I need to know that you're going to walk through this with me. And I need to be connected and live life with you So for that confidence. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I'm going to get through. Yeah, man, hands all over. I'm going to get through what I'm going through. With heads bowed and eyes closed, one last question. Before I pray. And, and maybe this would be for the very first time or maybe it would be for the thousandth time but you just know that God's speaking to you about the fact that you'll never find your life until you lose it and though you've tried to do it on your own you know that you can't do it by yourself anymore and that today you need to say Jesus I commit my life fully to you if that's you would you raise your hand man awesome so father we come to you and Jesus we thank you for the promise in your word that if we're weary or if we're burdened you can give us rest and so for many of us today you have um, through just a very simple analogy of taking 
your yoke upon us. Lord, you'd helped us to see that you can bring us direction. So for the one who needs direction today, Lord, I pray you'd give it. That in the midst of chaos or confusion, you would bring your clarity and you would bring your direction. Lord, for the one who needs strength today, Lord, I pray that you would come alongside of them and Lord, would you consistently remind them that as we cast our cares on you, we know that you care for us. Lord, somebody is going to walk out of here today with the confidence they did not come in with because we know that your yoke is easy and your burden is light and no matter what this situation is, you have promised that we'll be able to pull through it if we do it alongside of you. And Lord, I pray for the one who, by your Holy Spirit, you're speaking to so significantly right now and saying so very clearly, it's a time for commitment. No more just showing up. It's time to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm all in. I am committed. I surrender my life to you knowing that that's the only way that I'll ever truly find it. And Lord, I pray that as we, as we live in this way, that you would help us to experience a rest for our souls. Now as we go from here, Father, we ask that you'd go with us. Would you send us out with your special favor and your wonderful peace? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being here. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.